or evening or whatever it is for you. I am Anthony Irwin, and the Lakers just made their offseason. Damian Jones. Yes, that Damian Jones, the guy I basically haven't stopped talking about basically since he got there in the first place and especially since uh, the Lakers let him get away. Uh, he is back, and uh, he fills a glaring hole that the Lakers needed uh, to have filled. He was... Uh, really really good when he was a laker and and it turns out that that skill set of being able to jump real high and catch the ball in midair and dunk the ball before anybody else can really do anything to stop you that's a really valuable thing in the lakers because dwight howard could only really play once every week or so uh the lakers really missed that last season so he fills that lead or that 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 need and uh, does something for the Lakers that, or should be able to do something for the Lakers that they just simply didn't have last season or or even the year before, really. So, uh, great to see him back. Um, I guess some other news happened, too. Malik Monk will not be a Laker next season. He signs to a multi-year contract with the Sacramento Kings um, worth well over what I would have been comfortable paying him for the Lakers. I, I don't know how that's going to work next season in uh, Sacramento. I don't know how he and De'Aaron Fox work. I don't know what the hell Sacramento is ever really doing. Um, but look, best of luck to the guy. Congratulations on resuscitating his career. Would have really liked to have seen him back with the Lakers on a minimum. But if he's going to get paid, get paid, young man. And, uh, and look, he's on a very movable contract. His Lakers days might not be over, but congratulations to Malik Monk. Um, and the Lakers, you know, crowded backcourt with Russ potentially coming back. Taylor Horton Tucker is probably coming back. Kendrick Nunn might even play next year. Um, Malik wasn't probably going to get the same opportunity he was going to get last season. And so you may as well get a bigger role and uh, also on top of that, get paid. So congrats again to, to Malik Monk. Uh, I'm going to miss watching him play. Incredibly fun to watch. Uh, and and uh, I, I'm going to be rooting for the guy, even though he plays up in Sacramento. Oh, yeah, by the way, Kevin Durant requested a trade. Uh, it has been a wild start of free agency. Uh, a few hours before free agency really kicked off. And, and boy, just absolutely crazy how efficient all of these teams are at talking to their targets and getting them to sign contracts 30 seconds after the uh, free agency period begins. Adam Silver, if you're listening, just <laughs> make tampering legal. Nobody is fooling anybody. But anyway, uh, Kevin Durant asks for a trade. He apparently reportedly wants to go to Phoenix, which is interesting because uh, when Harrison and Aaron and I were talking uh, two episodes ago, we actually, or two, two, I guess, recordings ago, uh, we actually noted that Brooklyn's chances at landing DeAndre Ayton just absolutely skyrocketed through the ceiling. And we found that interesting, given, given all of the noise there and how little we had heard tying the Nets to Ayton in the first place. This, is, this reminds me a lot, quite frankly, 
of how things went down with Paolo Bancaro, where he was a distant third to, to go first overall. And then in the couple days before the draft, you saw his stock or the odds of him getting drafted first overall skyrocket. And lo and behold, he went first overall. Here with DeAndre Ayton, this feels very similar, where the Nets didn't really factor into his future in any real way. Um, the way that these things go in the NBA is usually whispers start a few days early. So that information somehow got out there that Kevin was eventually going to ask for a trade and uh, would apparently request to go to Phoenix. And uh, Phoenix is now going to put together a trade offer for him. It's probably going to involve DeAndre Ayton. It's probably going to involve Mikel Bridges. Um, maybe some other players there. I know Brooklyn is asking for Devin Booker. I don't know uh, why Phoenix would do that if if Kevin is already asking out and, and likely won't play for Brooklyn next year under any circumstances. But you still have to try to get whatever kind of leverage that you possibly can. And I think eventually this winds up with DeAndre Ayton and some other guys going to uh, Brooklyn um, along with a bunch of other picks and stuff. Um, in probably what's going to be one of the biggest draft halls ever, KD goes to Phoenix, and then that might open up the pathway for the Lakers to get back in on the Kyrie sweepstakes if that's something that they're interested in doing. We know Sean Marks isn't interested in Russell Westbrook. We also know he's really, really not interested in Kyrie Irving if Kevin Durant isn't going to be there. So I don't really know how that plays out, how those negotiations play out. I think if you're Marks, you take the pick that you can maybe get out of the Lakers. You get a big expiring contract. You get a player in Russell Westbrook who does kind of lift your floor if you don't if you surround him with enough shooting and ancillary parts that he can. You know, you let Russ be Russ, and he gets you to like forty-ish wins, maybe a, a, a low, low playoff seed. You send KD to the uh, other conference, and and oh yeah, by the way, for the Lakers, the Pacific division is insane again where you have the reigning champions in the golden state warriors you have the lakers obviously you have phoenix now potentially with kevin durant and you have uh the the la clippers who if they're healthy probably should be the favorites next year so an insane division that might produce four playoff teams you probably heard the Slack message at the end of that last segment. That was uh, notifications coming in that the Lakers used their taxpayer mid-level exception on Lonnie Walker IV. They also signed Troy Brown. Um, I don't understand what they're doing there with Walker. Now, yes, he does have significant upside. And um, for a while there, him and DeJounte Murray looked like the future of the Spurs. But... The future of the Spurs was like a middling team, and they have since traded DeJounte Murray too. Uh, Walker is another 6'4-ish guy, and you only had another contract. You know, you only had the taxpayer mid-level exception to use um, for non-min type guys. I would have much rather used that on a wing. We'll see what other wings were maybe available to the Lakers, but this seems like a lot like last season where... You can say you look at each signing individually in a vacuum and you say, oh, wow, they got, holy crap, they got DeJounte Murray for way under uh, way under price. And yeah, that's great. But eventually these pieces need to fit together. And if you have another need that you still haven't fulfilled and that was your only above minimum type salary that you could use to fill it, 
uh, then I think it's a missed opportunity. And you could say upside, upside, upside. It's like, yeah, it's okay. LeBron and AD are still there. The window is now, not not three years from now. I <laughs> I hope I'm wrong, but I I don't get using that contract on that player, on that type of player. It's not even about Lonnie specifically. I if you are going to use it on somebody his height, he's about as good as you're going to do. But I I still think the Lakers really missed size on the wing last year, and he isn't that. Walker does likely mean that you probably have to move Russ, and you probably have to move Russ for a player uh, like wing size. So I think Kyrie even becomes kind of difficult to bring in here, even though that's probably what the Lakers are going to focus on. Uh, again, there's these are, things are fluid, and and things you know plans change and all of that, and it seems like the Lakers are still really focused on maintaining uh, their cap space after. LeBron's uh, contract is over, but I again, <laughs> I just don't get the prioritization. Unless you know that LeBron isn't coming back, then okay. But I still think you got to give it one more shot, one more legitimate shot. And even if you have a bunch of contracts in 2023 that are at around Lonnie's price range, or or cheaper, or you know around ten million dollars, those are easily easily movable contracts that uh, you wind up needing in trade conversations. But look, this is the Lakers doing the Lakers thing again, and this is me doing my thing again. All right, I gotta get back to vacation before my wife shoots me. Uh, we This is a dynamic portion of the year, so as more of these signings come down the pike, I will uh, hop back on here and give you guys uh, some more to talk about. Um, but until then, I'm Anthony Irwin saying have a good one.